Welcome to A Mystery Podcast. Welcome to The Oracle, a mystery podcast. Ooh, Yay, it's spooky. our first episode. What are we going to be talking about on the podcast, on Nick? Spooky shit. Spooky shit, such as conspiracy theories. Uh, murder shit. What yeah. else? Crazy people. Anything spooky. So like ghosties, supernatural conspiracies, aliens true crime anything like that doctors <laughs> anyway i'm really excited to do this are you excited very you just tired today i'm just tired it's good for you how you long day do some lava do some lava i'm good i'm good it was your last day of work today yep congratulations thanks today we are covering the story of john wayne gacy otherwise known as the killer clown mm. now my intentions when i was going to do notes for this were not to just use a wikipedia article However, I used a Wikipedia article nice. for, I would say, three-fourths of my notes. Me through um, high school? Huh? Me through high school? <laughs> um, if you guys are interested, I also use Kendall Ray's video. Um, it's called John Wayne Gacy, the Serial Killer Clown. Um, but I just looked up, I looked up on Google John Wayne Gacy's childhood or something along those lines. And it came up with this Wikipedia article. I'm not even shitting you. It's like... You know how, like, the tab thing is really big sometimes? It was, like, tiny, microscopic. It was, like, you could scroll forever on this page that it had information about John Wayne Gacy. Mm. So if you guys are interested in more information, because I do not cover every single thing that is talked about in that article, please either go listen to that or, I mean, read that or listen to Kendall Ray's video because she did a really great job as well. And there are some things that I'm not going to cover in hers. Listen, when I wanted to do our first case, I did not think that this was going to be such a handful because I have never heard, in all the podcasts that I've listened to, I have not heard this case yet. Probably because it's so long. Probably. I thought that this that. was going to be a three-parter, but it's just going to be a one, one-er. It's going to be a one-er-dunner. <laughs> Hidden quit it. I'm really excited, but there is so much information regarding this man, um, this monstrous person, and so... There's a lot that I'm not going to get into today. We we really are just brushing the surface in this podcast about John Wayne Gacy. I have very little information. Yeah. Anyway, um, for the Instagram on our story, we are going to be putting pictures that we'll talk about in the case. There's a few things that I'm going to talk about that we'll just put pictures on our story. Um, so make sure that you follow us on the Oracle dot podcast. That's what it is on Instagram. Anyway, without further ado, are you ready? I'm ready. You got your spooky pants on? They're nice and tight. <laughs> okay, let's get into it. Okay, let us begin, okay? Oh. So, John Wayne Gacy okay. was born. I when, can't even find my thing. Okay. When was he born? He was born in Chicago, Illinois, March 17th, 1942. The Windy City. 
the windy city we've been there lots yes only once together but many times separate not together yeah um sorry if our child is crying background he's supposed to be sleeping hopefully he'll get there <laughs> anyway um his father was an auto repair man and his mom was a homemaker she was a stay-at-home mama nice and um he grew up catholic just to throw that out there what did you grow up lutheran yep and i was um had LDS. mormons he was closest to his mom and his two sisters growing up and his father was a really abusive alcoholic i mean like really abusive alcohol what did kendall ray called it a rageaholic where he would get like shit face drunk and then just beat on his children and his wife mm -hmm. um yeah, so he was physically abusive to his wife and all of his children. Um, Gacy's mother would often shield Gacy from this abuse and just kind of guard him from it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. She would, like, defend him or stand in the way of the father doing whatever he was doing. And in return, the father started more mentally abusing Gacy, like, calling him names like sissy and a mama's boy. And you know what I mean? Don't be a pussy. Yeah, that's exactly what he would say if it was today terms. He would say that. Said, don't get a push, push. Anyway, um, in 1949, Gacy was only seven years old, and Gacy and another boy were caught touching a young girl sexually. Yeah, he has issues. What the fuck? At seven? What were you doing at seven years old? Probably. I was sitting in the, what are those, what did I tell you they're called? The, like, drain. You know how I told you that I was <laughs> the sitting fucking in the sewer? <laughs> <laughs> what is it called? Like, a, like the curb, like in the curb where the water would come, we would sit there and just splash around in it. Yeah. <laughs> what were you doing at seven? Not touching young children. No. Anyway, um, when Gacy's father found out, he punished him by hitting him with a razor strop. And a razor strop, for those of you who are curious, is a flexible strip of leather, canvas, denim, balsa wood, or other soft material, according to Google. Um, and it's used to polish straight razor blades. So I'll also put a picture of it on the Instagram so you guys can see. Do you well, remember what it looks like? Yeah. Okay. I, what were you going to ask something? He kind of does deserve that ass open for touching a young girl at seven. I'll tell you, my son, he would immediately go to some psychological. I'll get an ass open first. But he would need like some psychological help. You're seven years old and you're already. And we're going to talk about this later. So just keep in mind that he was seven and molesting somebody or, you know what I mean? Sexually abusing somebody. Okay, Gacy in 1949 was also molested by a family friend who did contract work in said friend's car. So in Kendall Ray's video, she talked about this a little bit more than it did in the Wikipedia article. And um, it happened on multiple occasions. And the friend would basically just like get him into the truck to go on like different contracting jobs with him and would molest him in the truck. Um, and this man was a male. Um, so there was speculation because he started having a lot of homosexual tendencies after this, um, that this potentially was like the start of it and maybe the cause for all the things that have happened. Oh, that's so sad. Anyway, but we don't know. I mean, you make your own choices at the same time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but still, I know, but bad things have happened to you and you're not, you know what I mean? Uh, I'm just asking. Um, Gacy was so afraid to tell his father because he believed that his father would just put the blame on him. Mm. And I would think the same thing because his father was just so like ridiculously abusive. Anyway, um, he was a chunky boy, he was overweight, and he could not play sports because he had a heart condition. Um, he actually had a few different health issues growing up and was hospitalized multiple times as a result. Notably, he had episodes of blacking out starting in the fourth grade and his appendix burst. 
and because he was hospitalized so much, he missed a lot of school and his grades went down. Um, his father believed that the episodes were a ploy to gain attention and to get sympathy from people. He did not think they were real. He thought he was faking it. And then at one point, while Gacy was in a hospital bed, he was like, you're fucking faking it, dude. Like, stop Second up. Second up, yeah. Um, however, nobody else in his life doubted that he had medical conditions or what they were. Um, but he was never diagnosed with anything. He was never officially diagnosed. True story. Um, throughout high school, friends attested to his father's abuse. Um, there's one instance that Kendall Ray talked about. Sorry, I keep mentioning her. She just got into a little more detail on things that I had like a note on. You know what I mean? Um, there was one instance where he said there was one of his friends that said that he like went over to his house and his dad literally just started like hitting him and Gacy never fought back. He would just like put his arms up to cover his face, but he never would like hit his dad back or try and defend himself. You know what I mean? Uh, um, just, just fun. I, wait, I don't know who Ken- Kendall Ray. Kendall Ray is from Mile Higher. You uh, know Kendall. I don't know Kendall. You do. She's the host of Mile Higher with Josh. Oh, okay. okay. You know him. I know Josh. Now. That's all I know. Um, so this is a quick breakdown of Gacy's career, but it's not that quick. But it is the short version. Trust me. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, in 1960, at 18 years old, Gacy became involved in politics. Just to note, because I don't mention it really at all the rest of this time. Trump, he... 2024. Anyway, he stays in politics throughout his life. Oh, he knows? Yes. He stays in politics up until he gets caught. Okay? And what year Just was that? note that. I'll tell you later. Go ahead. Okay. Relax. You seem like you're getting relaxed. <laughs> um, his dad did not like that he was in politics at all. And it's because Gacy was in the Democratic Party. And guess what his papa was in? He was a Trumpy back in the 70s. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> anyway, um, his father bought him a car in 1960 when he was 18 years old, um, but he would regularly take the keys just as punishment. If he did not want him to have the car anymore, he'd be like, yeet, my keys. Um, and it's because he was expecting Gacy to pay him back for the car, and so it was his car. You know, he was one of those kind of parents. Oh, like, yeah. Dangle, dangle over yeah. his head. Um, so Gacy got a second set of keys nice. for the car. Smart. And... His dad lovingly took the distributor cap out of the car because Casey got a second piece. Oh. So he was like, you're not driving this car. That seems better. Um, his d- <laughs> The devil works hard, but Casey's father worked harder. <laughs> um, when he finally um, replaced the distributor cap, Casey just fled. He was like, peace out, Girl Scout. And where did he go? Las Vegas, Nevada. I showed him to New York. Dummy. I'm just saying. It was probably a lot closer to drive. No, was it me? New York. From Chicago to New York or... Thank you. Let's or look it up. Chicago to... Okay, you look that up and I'll keep talking. Um, although it wasn't all like casinos and fun times for Gacy, he actually ended up working for an ambulance service but transferred to a um, mortuary called Palm Mortuary as an attendant. Um, while he was working there, he slept on a cot behind the embalming room. Um, and on one lovely occasion he admitted to climbing into a coffin of a dead teen boy who he quote embraced and caressed and he this is just another like big moment that i just want you to keep in your head and note he went into shock while he was in there immediately called his mom and begged to come home 
His father agreed, and he got in his car that same day and went home, drove straight home. Um, that, to me, just tells me that he knew what he was doing was wrong or something in his head. You know what I mean? Was telling him that what he's doing is wrong, and that's, like, not correct to do. You know what I'm saying? That doesn't seem right. That's nasty. You catching what I'm throwing? I'm catching what you're throwing. Okay. Um... When Gacy got back home, he enrolled in a business college, and he graduated in 1963 at 21 years old. He took a position in management at a shoe company. They transferred him to Springfield, Illinois, and he was promoted to manager of his department. And in March of 1964, he got engaged to a co-worker named Marilyn Myers. Um, during their relationship, Gacy became part of the United States Junior Chambers. And that is something that, like, is kind of in the back of the in the back of the notes all the time. You know what I mean? Like, it's just kind of there kind of like with politics. Like he was always part of this. Mm -hmm. He always had some sort of affiliation with this, but it's not super relevant. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just by the way, I'm not going to mention it again. Okay. So wait, okay, go ahead. To Chicago from to Vegas is a day trip. Okay. Like 24 hours. This is one, one day in like nine minutes. Okay. And Chicago to New York is only 11 hours. Maybe it's just one girl Vegas. Anyway, um, but the United States Junior Chambers was a leadership training program. Absolutely not. I will punch you in the face. Someone's trying to scroll on Facebook while we're doing podcasts, <laughs> Rudy Patuti. Anyway, um, in 1964, so the same year that he got engaged to Marilyn Myers, he had his second homosexual encounter. Um. Um, one of Gacy's colleagues got him drunk and invited him to sleep on his couch, and then the colleague performed oral sex on Gacy while he was intoxicated. This man's been pretty much raped his whole life. Yeah. It's really sad. Yeah. What's even more sad is that he does this exact this exact thing to so many mm. people. Like, gets them drunk and then does this. Anyway. Um, onward. So Gacy and his now wife, as of September of 1964, um, moved to Waterloo, Iowa, following a, a completion of management courses. They started managing KFCs that were owned by Marilyn Myers' dad. He owned, like, a bunch of franchise KFCs, and her and Gacy started managing them. Um, Gacy opened a club. Should have been Popeyes, but... <laughs> Chick-fil-A. Opened... <laughs> Was Chick-fil-A around? I don't know. I don't know either. Gacy opened a club in his basement for employees to unwind. I think this is so creepy. Dominic. If you were 15 years old, we'll just put ourselves in Elijah's shoes because he works in fast food and also he's 15. Can you imagine if his, like, old, older, creepy, fat boss man was like, come drink in my basement, friend? Mm, I think Elijah would go because he's Elijah, but... Anyway, not victim blame, but, like, that's so creepy. You know what I mean? That he... Yeah, that's just weird. Anyway. Children. Gacy mainly focused his attention towards his teen boy employees. He would get them drunk and try to make advances on them at these, like, little club party things. He likes them young. Dominic. (laughs) And in... Okay, 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 Dominic. If he, like, made an advance on you, if he was like, let me touch your penis, and you said no, he'd be like, oh. I'm just joshing. Or I just wanted to test your morals to see if you were good or not. I mean, $20 is $20. Carry on. You're dumb. Dominic, you're dumb. 
It's not gay. The ball such. Dominic, your dog. <laughs> in February of 1966, uh, Gacy's wife gave birth to their son. And in July of 1966, Gacy's father finally said sorry to him. He apologized. Um, he had done that. He apologized for all of his wrongdoings. He felt very bad about everything that happened. And in March 1967, they had their daughter. So just a little over a year after they'd had their son. Mm. Can you stop? Anyway, we are going to now get into the assaults. So how I organize this, the time, it's not in chronological order. There are murders that overlap assaults and vice versa. And we're just going to go with assaults. And then the murder and then the trial. Okay. okay. So we're going to kind of go back in time, but I always have dates in there so nobody get confused. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. So this is the assaults part. It says part one, but it's just, it's just a single part. Okay. It's just a singular whole section. Okay. In August of 1967, Gacy's daughter was five months old. Okay. Five months old. Five? Yes. Five months old. Gacy sexually assaulted a 15-year-old named Donald Donald Voorhees. I think that's how you pronounce it. That's what we're going with. He lured Voorhees by promising to show him heterosexual porn. Gacy got him drunk and had him watch the porn. Then he initiated mutual oral sex and told Voorhees, you have to have sex with a man before you start having sex with a woman. Isn't that sick? That's fucked up. You know what's, like, the most sick part that I was thinking about? Because he did the same kind of thing multiple times where he would show them um, heterosexual porn and then assault them. And I'm thinking, especially with this one, because it was mutual oral sex, that he did that just to get this guy aroused. To have an erection so that he could suck him off. Isn't that sick? I'm really fucked up. That's nasty. Anyway, he was 15 years old. Um, Yeah, that's horrible. Um, These types of encounters occurred many times over the next few months. On one account, he tried to get someone to have sex with his wife. um, And he ended up blackmailing them into performing oral on him. Because they had sex with his wife. Does that make sense? A little bit. This person had sex with his wife. Uh And so he blackmailed them and said... Like, because you had sex with my wife, you have to give me oral or I'm going to, like, spill your tea. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You you catch him what I I throw? I got got you. I got you. Gacy often lured people by lying. This is the worst. Okay. By lying about scientific homosexual experiments and would pay the boys $50 each. So he would say, I'm a scientist and I'm performing homosexual experiments and I need you to come and I'll pay you $50 to perform these experiments. So he's like getting people to perform his sexual fantasies for him, saying that it's for science. Gross. He's a doctor. Um, in, in 1968, Voorhees told his father about the sexual assault. So what was that, a year after? Yeah, a year after this happened. Voorhees' father immediately reported Gacy to the police. Voorhees' father immediately reported Gacy to the police, and Gacy was charged with oral sodomy and attempted assault on 16-year-old Edward Lynch, who was another victim of his assaults, right? Gacy denied all the charges. Mm. On May 10th, 1968, Gacy was indicted on the sodomy charge, but August 30th, 1968, Gacy convinced one of his 18-year-old employees 
to go physically assault Voorhees to try and stop him from testifying against him. Uh, Voorhees escaped the assault and reported it to the police immediately and was able to identify his attacker. So what happened was this employee of Gacy found Voorhees in a park or lurked him in the park or something. He was in a park, maced him, and then just, like, beat the shit out of him and was like, do not testify against him. And uh, Voorhees was able to escape and went straight to the police and was like, this is what happened and who this is who did it to me. Right? Yeah. Um, they arrested the attacker and he confessed the attack was initiated by Gacy. So he was like, Uh-oh. Gacy made me do it. Horrible hitman. Snitch. <laughs> Can you come closer again? Snitch. September of 1968, Gacy underwent a psych evaluation. Um, two doctors concluded that he was a sociopath and that he probably should not be out in the world. That's crazy. Um, November 7th of 1968, Gacy pleaded guilty to the sodomy charges but denied all other charges. On December 3rd, 1968, he was convicted of sodomy and was sentenced to 10 years in prison. Um, that same day, his wife filed for divorce, and she wanted everything. She wanted the children, the house. She wanted, um, what are those things called where they pay you? Whatever that's called, she wanted. And the court ruled in her favor, and she got it. And Gacy never saw her, or I think it was his firstborn. Let me see. Yes, or his firstborn ever again. But he sees the daughter? I don't know. I I don't know. (laughs) All it said was I didn't see his firstborn. Gacy was said to be a model inmate in his time in prison. He actually became, like, the head chef real fast. Like, he moved up the chain really fast. Sucked people a couple. Suck them up. Move up. (laughs) Christmas Day of 1969, Gacy's father died, and they didn't tell him for a few days. Um, And he asked to attend the funeral, and it was denied. So he was not allowed to go to his father's funeral. Um, he was supposedly like really, really distraught and heartbroken after his father died. And people were surprised hearing that, especially knowing how his father was growing up. Um, just an interesting little tidbit there. Um, well, we, well, we all have daddy issues. It's okay. <laughs> Some more than others. <laughs> Gacy was granted parole with a year probation in 1970. 18 months of his 10-year sentence. 18 months. Nice. Do you know that all of his murders happened within those that time period that he should have been in jail? 10 years? Yeah. Well, less than 10 years, but he should have been in jail. Oh. He got out at 18 months. Do you want to get Bubby? Yeah, again. Okay. I just didn't know if he did. Parole terms required Gacy to move back to Chicago with his mom. And on February 12, 1971, Gacy was charged with another sexual assault of a teen boy who claimed Gacy turned him, lured him into his car at a bus terminal. Gacy drove home where he tried to force the boy to have sex. The complaint was dismissed when the victim didn't show for court. Um, This always makes me wonder... Was this dismissed because Gacy threatened him because he had done so in the past with Voorhees? Um, just a thought. Are you changing his diaper? No, I'm just oh. Just anyway, did you hear what I said? No. Okay. Um, the complaint about another sexual assault was dismissed. And so, because the guy didn't show to court. So it makes uh... me think that, like, he threatened this guy, too. You know what I'm saying? Hire another hitman. You want to pass me? Yeah, give me a passy. 
hire another hitman than me. On June 22nd, 1971, Gacy was arrested and charged with aggravated sexual battery and reckless conduct. Another teen boy claimed he was lured into Gacy's car after Gacy flashed a sheriff's badge at him. Gacy then forced the boy to perform oral sex. The charges were dropped after the teen attempted to blackmail Gacy. Um, unfortunately, uh, his parole officer did not know about this until after his parole had ended. And guess what? His file was sealed. Oh, shit. It is all shit. Somebody didn't talk. He is so disgustingly lucky. Do you know what I mean? Like, he keeps getting out of things that he should not have been getting out of. Mm-hmm. It makes you just want to uh, punch a brick. Ba-ba! You know what I mean? Punch a brick, then. Anyway, Gacy's mom helped Gacy purchase a ranch house in Metropolitan Chicago. Metropolitan Chicago. The address, I guess, is kind of important because I see it everywhere and I didn't write it down. Just look it up on the internet. This is a little ranch house. It's so nice. Um, and he resided there until his arrest in 1978. That's when he was arrested. 1978. Yeah. Um, and his mom did live with him for... She lived there. That's like for her. Um, and did this is kn- also where he carried out all of the murders. Does she know about any of this? The world may never know. She's never mentioned again. <laughs> anyway. She probably helped. You think? We'll I, talk about shh, stop okay. talking. We'll talk about it later. Gacy was active in his community. His neighbors considered him very helpful. And again, like he was into neighborhood put your fucking phone He was in neighborhood politics and yeah, he was just really helpful. Um Gacy also really prided himself in being very helpful um model citizen in his community. Um, from 1974 to 1978, he hosted annual summer parties. Up to 400 people would come to these little get-togethers at his house. What is really creepy about that is he had dead bodies buried in his house. They're in his house? Under his, like, kitchen and stuff. Uh, wouldn't that smell? We'll get there. Okay. August of 1971, Gacy became engaged to a divorced mother to Carol Hoff. Keep her in mind. July 1972, they were married, and in 1975, he confessed to her that he was bisexual after they had sex on Mother's Day, and he told her that they were not having sex. That's when he confessed. I'm gay. Carol Hoff. That's what she looks like. I'm bisexual. Can you send me a picture of her, actually? Um, he stopped coming home in the evenings and would claim he was working late. Listen to me, Dominic. Let's talk. Let's talk this situation out for a second. Okay? Is that wait Hoffman or no 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 just Hoff H O F F. We need to talk this situation out from what Carol Hoff was witnessing and what she didn't do. Okay, she saw him bringing young boys into their garage. Huh? All the time she would see him bring teenage boys into the garage. What the fuck? And she didn't say anything. And I can't remember if it was Carol Hoff or the sister-in-law. One of them went into the garage and there was a blanket laid down and like whips and whips and handcuffs and chains in the garage. And they did not say nothing. And there's teenage boys going in there like, well, Dominic, I'm telling you that I'll call the police immediately on your ass if I saw you doing that. Fuck no. Absolutely not. Anyway, um, he stopped coming home. Oh, I already read that. Oh, she found a bunch of gay porn magazines and then random 
men's wallets in the house. She just decided. Probably not a problem. Um, after there's an issue with balancing checkbooks for the um, place he was managing, um, they ended up mutually deciding they needed to get a divorce. We are now going to get into... Oh, I've seen pictures of her. Oh, I thought you wanted to see. I wanted them for the Instagram. Oh, she looks like in that bag. Now we're going to get into Gacy as a clown. Are you excited? Mm-hmm. So John Wayne Gacy would dress up as a clown. Spooky. We all love clowns. Like, he wasn't creepy before. I really think that this is what started the dislike for clowns. You know what I'm saying? I can never imagine inviting a clown to, like, JJ's birthday party. You know what I mean? We don't like clowns, bro. Anyway, um, so he started clowning at Jolly Joker Clown Club, and he had two different characters. Two. Ready? Yeah. Pogo the clown, who was the happy one, and then Patches the clown, the serious one. Oh, scary. Yeah, yeah tell, tell him. him, Bob. Tell him how scary that looks. Um, he said that clowning allowed him to, quote, regress to his childhood. After performances, he would sometimes go to bars dressed as a clown. Like, he'd just go out on town just like clown. They should put that on a shirt. No? Okay, I'll make a children's book. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> children's book about John and Casey. <laughs> um, he would do, like, fundraisers, children's birthday parties, anything you could think of to go dress up as a clown. And we will definitely upload a picture of him as a clown. It's horrifying. I don't know how anyone could just think that's not scary. Do you know what I mean? Well, I bet there's a lot of people who like, eh, yeah, no. Yeah, no, I'm not about it. He opened a small construction business called PDM Contractors. I can't remember what PDM stands for. Kendall Ray told me what it was, and I just did not retain. P what? PDM. PDM? PDM. PDM. It's like plumbing demolition. I was going to say molestation, but that's not correct. Well, kind of, but we'll get it. Anyway, um, most of his employees were high school student boys. And, oh, oh, I also watched um, the documentary about him called The Devil in Disguise. It's on Peacock TV. I only could watch one episode because it was free. Um, but I recommend <laughs> watching it because he has an interview in there, which you can find on YouTube as well if you just search an interview. It's like one of the only interviews, if not the only interview you can find of him actually talking. Um, and he says that the reason that he employs young children boys is because if you employ someone who has experience in construction, they're going to want to do it a certain way, and he wants to do it his way. Do you know what I mean? Smart. Okay, we understand. But really, it was just to, because he was a predator. Yeah. He's not. Well, he is smart, but you know Very what I mean? Very smart. You know, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Smart. Anyway, um, he would often insist sexual acts and favors from them, and in return for those favors, he would get them promotion or offer them, like, vehicles to drive around, things like that. He also tried intimidating the boys by claiming he had guns, and on one occasion, he told one of the teenage employees, do you know how easy it would be for me to get one of my guns kill you? How easy it would be to get rid of the body? I would not work for him anymore. I would quit. If Creepy Clown Man came up to me and told me, do you know how easy it would be for me to kill you? I'd be like, bye. I live in Canada now. (laughs) You can't find me. I take my name. In 1973, Gacy and one of his employees traveled to Florida where Gacy had purchased a property. Gacy raped the employee the first night, and because of that, the employee refused to stay with him at the hotel. 
When they got back to Illinois, Gacy beat the employee in his backyard and told his, told his wife that he had been attacked. Mm. Okay. 1975, um, Anthony Antonucci, Antonucci was 15 years old and was hired as one of Gacy's employees. July of that same year, Gacy oh, went to his house. He showed up at his house and said, hi, it's me. Hi. Not as a clown, but. Oh, just normal? Yeah. Um, they drank and watched heterosexual porn together, and then Gacy wrestled him to the ground and tried to handcuff him. Um, he was successful. He got the handcuffs on homeboy's back. Um, however, one of the cuffs was loose, and Gacy said, I'll be back, and left, and Mr. Anonucci, Anthony, we're just gonna call him Anthony, um, was able to get one of the things off, and actually in the interview, he said the reason that, like, I'm still alive today and didn't have anything happen is because he was able to get it off, and Gacy didn't know he had it off because he kept his hand behind his back. Um, also one fun thing to know about Anthony was he was a wrestler. So he he's strong. The second he, he's so strong. Strong Italian, man. When Gacy when Gacy got into the room, he just like, gotcha. Yeah. Um, they scuffled for a little bit, and I believe that Anthony was able to actually get the handcuffs on Gacy, and they both calmed down, and then he removed the handcuffs, and Gacy went home. Uh. What the fuck for the cops? In 1976. My fuck have been paralyzed after that. <laughs> On July 22nd, 26th, 1976, Gacy picked up a hitchhiker, 18-year-old David Cram. David Cram's important. Keep him in mind. David. He picked up 18-year-old David Cram, a hitchhiker. Um, Gacy offered him a job, and on August 21st, 1976, Cram moved into Gacy's house. Hmm. Uh, Gacy dressed as Pogo the Clown and started drinking with Cram in celebration of his 19th birthday. That's not weird at all. Can you imagine sitting in this person's basement on your 19th birthday while he's dressed up as a clown? Drinking. Just you two. As a clown. Super duper. Um, Gacy convinced Cram to put on the handcuffs. Okay, I more research was done on this after I wrote these notes, um, he would tell people how he would get people in handcuffs all the time because it weren't, it wasn't like he was just like, let me put you in handcuffs. And they're like, okay, fine. Um, he would say because he was dressed up as a clown lots of times or you want to see a trick, want to see a trick, put these handcuffs on. Just by the way, that's how that happened. Um, Gacy told Cram at this point that he was intending on raping him. Oh, uh, Cram managed birthday. to get free. <laughs> That's so sad. Cram managed to get free, and um, he still lived at his house. What? A month later, after this incident, Gacy went to Cram's room and again told him that he was going to oh. rape him. Cram resisted, and on October 5th, 1976, he moved and left the company. Okay, next person is Matthew Rossi. Mm-hmm. He was 18 years old and moved into Gacy's house basically right after Cram left. And Rossi's oh. going to come back too. Um, he worked for PDM um, since May of 76, so for a while there. A couple years. No, just, months? yeah, a couple months. But he'd been there for a little bit. Because um, this happened in October that Cram left, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway. 
Um, he lived with Gacy until April of 77. Um, and he ended up clowning with Gacy. They would play like, you know how there's Pogo and the other weird one? Yeah. They would play as like, each one would be one or the other. That's not weird at all. Just going with your old employee, employer man, dressing up as clowns, clowning around, just, just to clown, clowning around. Now we're going to get into the murders. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, so on January 3rd, 1972 is when the first murder was committed. You said 72? Yeah. So we're like going back in time. Okay. Um, Because where we left off was 76. This was Timothy McCoy. I didn't put his age, but I believe that he was 15 years old. I wish I put his age. I don't know why I didn't. Gacy lured him from a bus terminal. McCoy was traveling from Michigan to Omaha, Nebraska. Gacy Who took... the fuck goes to Nebraska? <laughs> How far would you drive for the girl of your dreams? I would drive anywhere. How about Nebraska? Oh, fuck no. <laughs> anyway. Um... Okay, okay. This is a crazy story. Okay, okay. I'm sorry. I'm reading over my notes. I'm like, ha ah. um, Gacy took McCoy around Chicago and offered him a place to stay for the night because his bus wasn't going to come until the next morning. So he was like, I can take you to the bus terminal tomorrow, but you can just leave my house tonight. For okay. funsies. Sleep over. Sleep over. Um, Gacy claims that McCoy was standing in his doorway the next morning with a knife. Claims. And so Gacy goes after him, and the guy puts his hands up in fear and cuts Gacy a little bit. Mm-hmm. So they get into this huge altercation, this rough fight, and Gacy ends up grabbing the knife and stabbing him multiple times in the chest. Mm. Ouch. Um, after the altercation, sorry, um, after murdering him, Gacy went to the bathroom and washed off the knife, cleaned it off, and then goes out into the like living space, the kitchen. And sees that McCoy was making him breakfast. And that's why there was a knife in his hand. I'm so confused. Why are you confused? Who did he kill then? He killed McCoy. But he saw that, like, that's what he was doing. Do you know what I mean? He goes out and after he's cleaned off his knife to go put it back in his kitchen. And there's, like, eggs cooking on the stove and bacon is on the counter and stuff like that. Like. The oh, McCoy was cooking I, him okay. breakfast and then went in to go be like, hey, I'm cooking you breakfast. And he saw the knife, Gacy saw the knife and just went. Oh, oh okay. Pennywise's ass. <laughs> so funny. How's it going? Okay. Um, know, Gacy know. buried him in a crawlspace and later covered him with a layer of this was the first of at least 33 murders. 30 what? 33. Holy shit. 1976 to 1978 is when the majority of murders happened. Um, Gacy can, says that these were his cruising years. Mm. Um, the next murder was Daryl Sampson. He was 18 years old and that was in 1976. Um, Gacy oh. abducted him and his... Oh. Emma was strangling them and putting them in child graves under his house in the crawl space. Is the house still up? We'll get there. Um, May 14th of 1976, only five weeks after murdering Daryl Sampson, um, he murdered Randall Refed. 
Refid, I, sorry, I should have wrote a better pronunciation guide. Uh, Randall is only 15 years old and he disappeared while walking home from school. Um, hours later, hours after murdering Randall, he kills Samuel Stapleton, who was abducted walking home from his sister's house. And they were buried together mm. under the crawl space. Um, they're not details regarding every single murder. There's actually a few bodies that were unidentified or couldn't be, like, accounted for. Do you know what I mean? Um, but every single murder, for the most part, was carried out in the same exact way. They were all strangled and they were all buried either under his kitchen or in the crawl space under his house. No. Um, June 3rd, 1976, 17-year-old Michael Boning? 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 was murdered by Gacy, strangled and buried in the crawl space. Ten days later, on June 13th, 16-year-old William Carroll was murdered by Gacy and buried beneath his kitchen. Um, they were stacked. Stacked? All of them? Carroll, no. Carroll and an identified male and another one that he murdered named Rick Johnston were all stacked on top of each other. The three boys. Oh, that would suck. Um, I think that just dying in general really sucked. Just the overall <laughs> concept was really fun. Yeah. On October 24th, 1976, um, he abducted and killed two friends, Parker and Michael Marino, strangled and buried them both in the crawl space. Two days later, on October 26th, 1976, 19-year-old PDM employee William Bundy was abducted and killed. And I don't know if he has a relation to Ted Bundy. That's all I can think about. Could be his son. Look it up. Look it up right now. Look up Ted Bundy's children, please. December of 1976, another PDM employee, 17-year-old Gregory Godzik, was abducted. Godzik's family called Gacy regarding his whereabouts, and Gacy said, So sorry to hear one of my to hear of another runaway from my company. No? It's only known as Rose Bundy is the only child. Mm. Believed to be the only Maybe child. Maybe they're cousins. Maybe they were cousins. We never know. Anyway. On January 20th... Did you hear that, though, what he said about this child? No. Okay, let me reread this. Bobby! Godzik's family called Gacy regarding the whereabouts of their son, and Gacy said, So sorry to hear of another runaway from my company. And he even tried to tell the family, like, I know that he's run away because he left me a voicemail after he supposedly went missing. And they're like, well, can we hear this voicemail then, friend? And he said, it got deleted. My apologies. Anyway, January 20th, 1977, John Shags, 19-year-old, disappeared. John, oh, Gacy lured him by offering to sell him one of his cars or something along those lines. Um, he was assaulted and killed and buried in the crawl space. Between December 1976 and March 1977, there was another unidentified boy who was killed. They don't know who it was still to this day. Um, also on March 15th of 1976, a 20-year-old named John Prestige from Michigan was also killed. March 1977, Gacy was hired, um, to PE Systems. They specialized in in nationwide drugstore remedies. Um, so Gacy began traveling. Super fun. Does he have an RV? Would you ever, you don't like tiny homes and that kind of stuff. 
Absolutely. I would love to be in a tiny home someday. So. Could we just have like a tiny home like in a exotic place? Uh, like Colorado. <laughs> oh yeah, Colorado or fucking so exotic. You like the cold, don't you? Is it cold in Colorado? It's fucking freezing in Colorado. You know what he I like? What? Tennessee heat. Yeah. That should be a name of barbecue sauce. Tennessee heat. I think it is. No, it's honey heat. You're wrong. Anyway. In April of 1977, Gacy became engaged for the third time. Um, she moved in and then they mutually cut the agreement off or engagement off and she moved out. Peace out. A month after this engagement, 19-year-old Matthew Bowling was murdered and buried in the crawl space. So we're back to murdering people. So like for a second, he was like, we're fine, fine. For a second, he was like, okay, we're not murdering people anymore. And then he broke off his engagement. He's like, I'm just Joshin. We did Joshin. Um, in 1977, Gacy rekindled his relationship with his second wife, Carol Hoff. Hoff. Oh, they got back together? Yeah. Nice. And by the end of the year, he had supposedly killed six more boys. Does she know about it, though? Nobody knows. We'll get back to it. She probably, she probably oh, helped. Shh. She probably we'll get back to it. <laughs> 19-year-old John Mallory was strangled and buried October 17th, 1977. 21-year-old Russell Nelson disappeared and was also strangled and buried. Four weeks later, 16-year-old from Kalamazoo, Robert Winch, was murdered and buried. November 18th, 1977, 20-year-old father, he was father, I didn't spell father right, Tommy Boiling disappeared um, in December 9th of 1977. 19-year-old U.S. Marine David Talsma disappeared December 30th, 1977. Gacy kidnapped 19-year-old Robert Donnelly at gunpoint. This is when things get a little different, okay? He kidnapped him at gunpoint, tortured Donnelly with different tools, waterboarded him in his bathtub multiple times, took him, and then took him to his place of work and released him. Hmm. Um, this is something that we're going to see in another instance where he, he would like waterboard this person until they were out, revive them, and then do it again. And he liked it. Like he liked to basically kill somebody and then bring them back to life. You know what I'm saying? Um, anyway, so Robert reported the assault and Gacy was questioned, but he told the police that he was doing kinky things with Robert and that it was a hundred percent consensual and the police uh, believed his story. Shit. Can I just go back in his records and like, oh, this man. Had they were him. sealed. Remember? Oh yeah, that's right. 19 year old William Kinderred was killed February, 1978. And he was the last victim buried in the crawl space, but he was not the last person he murdered. Um, March of 1978, Gacy kidnapped 26-year-old Jeffrey Ringnall. Um, he chloroformed him and took him to his house. He sexually assaulted him, tortured him and multiple times, and then let him go in Lincoln Park. Um, and he chloroformed him, like, multiple times um, until he was passed out, revive him, and do it over and over and over again. So he was constantly doing that, just like with the waterboarding. Um, he chloroformed him so much that it permanently damaged his liver. Oh, shit. Uh, Ringnall reported this to the police and the police immediately dismissed it. Fun fact. How the fuck do they keep dismissing? Like, what? 
Robert Peast was 15 years old, working at a pharmacy. This is when things take a turn, is with Robert. Why are, we, why are 15 work, you know, working at pharmacies and construction? It, it was a different time. It was a different time. I was doing fucking coke and just listening to Queen. <laughs> different time. Robert Peace was 15 years old and he was working in a pharmacy. Gacy was at the pharmacy, which was like right down the street from his house. Mm-hmm. And he offered him a job at his company at PDM. He said, come work for me. I'll offer you more money. Um, Peace told his mom that he was going to be meeting with Gacy to talk to him about getting a job there. And he was never seen again. <sighs> his mom immediately filled out a missing persons report. Um, and Gacy and denied all involvement in it. But at this point, Gacy was put on 24-hour surveillance. Mm. There was always a car at his house watching him. So they seen the boy go in? No. They no. see nothing. He, he had already killed him at this point. Anyway. Um, Gacy was aware of the surveillance and was very comfortable with it. He would talk to them. Like, he'd go out to the little police car and be like, Hey, gentlemen, you want some apple juice? Oh, you want some snacks? Want to come inside me? You can come inside me. You want cookie? They'd go follow him everywhere and he'd be like, come drink with me at the bar. They'd come drink with Gacy at the bar. Hmm. Anyway, Kelly Toe. Um. Once, he invited them into his house. An officer asked to use the bathroom and noticed the smell of decaying bodies through the vents. Hmm. Okay. This gave them means for warrants. So they could get a warrant for his house, for his arrest and stuff. Um, but they wanted a search warrant to search his house. Um, there was some, like, incident where they tried to get in the past and it just didn't work out. I can't remember really what happened. It wasn't that relevant. You know what I'm saying? You yeah. know what I'm saying? Okay. On December 20th of 1978, Gacy met with his lawyers regarding a civil suit. This is this is bonkers crazy. So, so just, he sued them? No, no. Strap on to your buckles, okay? Um, strap. Hold, hold it. Hold it. This was just some civil suit, not a big deal thing that he was just meeting with his with this lawyer mm-hmm. for. Okay, um, he picked up a magazine that was like just sitting there. He was a little bit like frazzled dazzled when he got there, and then he started drinking a little bit and felt a little loosey goosey. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So he picked up a magazine and it had Robert Robert's thing on it, the guy who had just been missing, right? Yeah, that is the reason the police are in his house. It had his little missing persons flyer okay. on it. Yeah, and he says. Robert is dead and in a river. That's what he tells the lawyers. And then he confessed everything. He spilled the beans for hours, like, all the way to the next morning. Mm. He's spilling the beans about all of his business, okay? Um, he told the lawyers how he killed the boys, where they were, about torturing the other people, everything, okay? But did the lawyers, they do anything with it? Just wait. Can you just pay... Patience is a virtue, my love. Um, okay? In the middle of this very long confession, Gacy was like, I'm tired. And just passed out. Go sleep. He said, night-night. I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna <laughs> <laughs> Lawyers arranged a psych consolation because they didn't know if this was legit or if he was crazy. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was such an odd situation that it just did not seem right. So they arranged for him to have a psyche valve at 9 a.m. We understand. Um, when he woke up, he claimed to have forgotten confessing at all and left before the psych evaluation. Gacy went to his friend's house and he told his friend's house that he is going down and confessed to killing over 30 people. Then he left to go to the survivor of his attack, 
Michael Rossi and David Cram and confessed his killings to them as well. Oh. Gacy knew that this was the end, so he went to his father's grave um, and then kind of just started driving around for a little bit until mm. the police um, were able to arrest him. But they were working on a warrant at the time, so they weren't able to mm. do anything. Um, they were worried that he was going to attempt suicide, so they found something to arrest him on and arrested him. Mm. It was something like, oh, he had, like, gave weed to somebody or something like that, so they arrested him for that. Um, on December 21st, 1978, they finally got a search warrant, and they, um, on that day, on the 21st, found an arm and a bone, an arm bone and a body, and decided that it was going to be a really big job, and that they were going to come back tomorrow with more people, more supplies, resources, right? Um, they came back to Gacy's house. Um, Gacy went back with police on the 22nd of December and cooperated. He showed them where all of the remains were. Mm. Um, showed them where he threw the victims into the river and they only found four out of the five victims that he threw into the river. They the found... Fishies ate them. Yeah. <laughs> they found 29 bodies buried under his home. That's a lot. That's a lot of fucking bodies. I would agree with you there. Um, I was going to tell you something important. Oh, the police and people who went through these remains, like, went and were digging for remains in his house, they were real, real fucked up after the situation. Because it was just, like, never-ending. Body after body. And they were stacked, like... Oh. Now we're gonna get into the trial. Baba! You excited? Yeah, that was a very long... I'm... So the trial, Dominic... On February 6th, 1980, Gacy was charged with the murder of 33 young men. Gacy's defense plea was not guilty for reasons of insanity, which I'm not trying to be rude because I know that there are people out there who are insane. I hate, hate, hate when they're just like, we know that you're really fucked over right now. Like, you're definitely guilty. of You did murder these people. There's no way that we can say you didn't. But we're just going to say that you are crazy. When... He's had a psych eval before, and they were like, he's not crazy. He's just a sociopath. You know what I mean? Like They can't use that? Huh? Oh, because his files were stealed. Um, so they uh, got professionals. They got some doctors. And they all said that he was not mentally ill. And lots of them said that he was just pure evil. Mm. Um. A few others say that this was caused by trauma from his childhood, which I want to talk about at the end of this. We'll get to it. Um, anyway, there was hours of psych eval, and it was determined, and he was determined to fit. He was fit for trial. Like, he's good to go, right? Um, the defense argued that he was mentally ill, um, but it did not sway the jury at all. They're like, uh-uh, no way, Jose. We're not, nothing. Um they convicted him on all accounts, and the jury recommended 12 death sentences with an execution date of, date of June 2nd, that same year. So only a few months after, they're like, this man needs to be put down, okay? You're not fucking around. Yeah, he got to go. You're right. Gacy showed no remorse at all for the victims or, his fa- or their families, um, and he still maintains his innocence to this day. He says that he did not murder anybody and that um, somebody else murdered them. No clue who, but somebody else murdered them and he was just there. That it just took place in his home. He was just cover up. Yeah. Um, he was put to death by legal injection on May 9th, 
that's the year Tai Tai was born. His last meal, guess what it was? Meatloaf. A bucket of fried chicken from KFC, fresh strawberries, french fries, fried shrimp, and a Diet Coke. Nice. My mom's last meal would just be a Diet Coke. <laughs> I know. What would your last meal be? You don't know? I don't know. I would have a plethora. Ramen noodles. Sushi. Pizza. Spaghetti. Meatballs. (laughs) So many things I like to eat. (laughs) Um, The day of his execution, people celebrated in the streets. Like, huge crowds of people in the streets just celebrating because he was being dead. Guess what his last words were? What? Guess, like, along the lines of what his last words were. I don't know, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> it was kiss my ass. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, Gacy killed at least 33 men, and six are still unidentified to this day. Theories, friend. Boyfriend, lover. So you think that Miss Carol Haw helped him? Absolutely. You think? Absolutely. Same with the mom. You think? I think so. I think she died at some point. Oh, well, you know. I don't know. Maybe I maybe think... she was on the bodies. Maybe. Well, I think they would have identified her and all of them were men. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that it Carol Hoff helping or she definitely knew something and should have reported him. You know what I mean? She definitely knew she lived there with him. She knew something was up. And if you could like you said with the smell, have you ever smelled a dead body? No. Okay, well to. it's really potent, okay? And you would know. Do you know what I mean? If there was a dead body in this house, even if you had never smelled it before, you would know. And so there's no way that her living there or anybody else who had gone in that house would have not known that there was something nasty. With that many decomposing bodies. You know what I'm saying? It's fucked up. Yeah. How are you feeling? Pretty How do you good. feel about this case? Feeling pretty good. Good start? Good start. Good start. What are we covering next week? I don't know. What are we? Mermaids. Mermaids. We're talking about the mermaids. Ah. H2O. Cleo. Cleo. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. Did you just watch that show? No. H2O. Nothing? No. Okay, that's I heard it, but. Well, we are going to be talking about mermaids next week. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I know it's a little bit all over the place because this was a big one to cover. I definitely bit off more than I could chew this week. I did not think this one through. But you next should. week we're doing a shorter one. It's going to be murder. It's going to be fun. Huh? Uh, what are you going to say? Say nothing, it, be nothing. honest. We're good. And maybe potentially Maddie's going to be on next week. Yeah. We'll see. Maybe. We'll see how she feels. I'm really excited. Thank you for participating with me. Uh, Dominic, Bobby, and Cowboy because he decided to be a bitch ass in the middle of the class. Ah, that motherfucker. That motherfucker. Anyway, well, we will see you guys next week on The Oracle. The Oracle. Welcome to the Oracle, a mystery podcast.